Can you repeat that? I didn't hear that last part. You said something about a podcast and what? Oh, yeah. Uh, for a music blog we do called Pop Scared. And um, just wanted to do artist interviews as a podcast. And I was wondering if you'd be cool with this recording maybe being edited and possibly being an episode. Oh, yeah. It's strong. <laughs> All right. Hello. My name is Shannon Jay. And you're listening to Podscare, the podcast from popscaremedia.com. Hey up there, I'm on my way up. Tell the radio to play us. Blame it on a place I grew up. Hit that landmine, then I blew up. My job at the Virginian Pilot gave me a chance to interview the budding rapper Buddy before he opened for Vince Staples here in my hometown. Despite how nervous I sound, probably because this was my first time using a new call recording software, as you can tell from the sonic shift five minutes into this interview, he was a chill-ass dude. We talked about Pharrell discovering him when he was 15, lessons he learned from eagerly releasing mixtapes against label's wishes, and how his hometown of Compton inspired his music. From his time as a child in his preacher father's choir watching crime on the sidelines, to getting out of the city and gaining new context on it all, interspliced are songs from his various mixtapes and a few tracks off his latest record, released last year, entitled Harlan and Alondra, named after the cross streets of his influential home, which have always been present in his music. Going crazy out of my mind these days. So, so how's it going today, buddy? I got off the shower, get my day started, you know? Yeah. Late start to the day? No, I got up hella early and went to the dentist. So I came back to prepare for the rest of my day, actually. Gotcha. I forget, it's like four over here, so I'm like... But I'm kind of just getting my day started, so I can't even talk. But get to start the day with a nice clean mouth that's what's up oh yeah my teeth white as hell <laughs> so what are you getting into today not sure i'm smoking some weed with my friends the homie broke his leg mm. so he be needing more support gotcha yeah it'll probably make the leg feel better for sure um mm-hmm. i pop in the studio i don't know <laughs> playing up my ear today See where it goes. Very nice. How did you meet Pharrell and he kind of found you? Well, um, one of my managers at the time, Todd Bennett, who does a lot of, um, she's like the music director for a bunch of TV shows, like 90210, Brawlers, and stuff. Mm-hmm. She introduced me to Pharrell and played my music, and Pharrell, he really liked it, and flew me to Miami, and we started working together. So you started on that label, and then how did you kind of go from there? We made a bunch of music, but then uh, there was a time where he was super busy working with, like, all the Beyonce's and all the other super tight, iconic people because his label, I Mother, was still new, you know, so he just had to turn it up, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, my situation kind of got stagnant. I was working with a bunch of different producers around Los Angeles, creating my own sound, just, like, outside of, you know, working with Pharrell and, you know, I Mother and then. 
I came out with some dope music. I worked with uh, Mike and Keith, who produced my album with Brody, and I worked on Kitchenada. We put that project out. And, uh, yeah, I went over to RCA, and they gave me a nice situation to put out uh, my debut album. Very nice. Yeah, it seems like, um, why did kind of, you know, you've been doing this for mm, like a decade, a little more than that. Um, why did it kind of take so long for like a proper full like? Oh, well, personally, you know, I was just going through some personal growth as a human being on earth, you know, dealing with a bunch of family and just getting older in like the world, you know, just like becoming more aware of a bunch of things that I was oblivious to when I was younger and, um, just moving accordingly, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if I was to blow up and be super big when I first came out, I wouldn't be the same person that I am right now. Like, cause it's so easy to be influenced and just by, you know, older people who just see talent, raw talent and want to take advantage. So like, I was blessed to, you know, take my time and really like get a sense of how the industry works, you know, who are the people to fuck with and who are the people not to fuck with. Just so good at being in trouble Spending my days out in the ghetto Mama say that I need to be careful Going downtown on the Blue Line Metro Car overheated in the can't afford a rental Broke down Chevrolet sitting on Central Seems like uh, your hometown and everything, and just as like humbler, like earlier connections seem like really important. You named a lot of projects after you know street corners in Compton, and how does growing up there influence your music? My perspective and my music from where I grew up, you know, because I never really think of it as like, oh, this is the music I make because I live in Compton. It's just like. Since I live in Compton, these are the things that are on my mind. You know what I want to talk about. So, kind of just the environment, the people around there. But I was just talking to my friend about it that last night. We were reminiscing about how because everybody has a 10-year challenge online and shit. And 10 years ago, like, it's like a ceiling on, like, a bunch of stuff, like, from people in Los Angeles, especially, like, Long Beach, Compton, or, like, the hood, you know what I'm saying, like, the east side, there's a feeling on, like, fashion, there's a feeling on, like, you know, opportunities, and um, I felt, like, when I was younger, I was able to branch out and, like, fly to Miami with Pharrell and, like, move around Los Angeles and go to Hollywood and North Hollywood and see all these different parts. I moved to the beach for a while, you know, and just get all these different vibrations and, like, surroundings and, like, it all just makes a difference, you know what I'm saying? It's just, like, the highest feeling than, like, the hood. So I feel like the feeling that I have over me growing up in Compton and then removing the feeling and then just, like, taking everything else in with more understanding and awareness as, like, you know, a young adult, it just uh, made for the better music. Yeah, it's kind of like being outside of where you grew up kind of gave you context on it in some way, like, made you look at it differently. Yeah, because, I mean, what you're accustomed to ain't always how it's supposed to be going, you know? Mm-hmm. So it grows a certain way, and every day is the same, and then, like, one day you see some whole other different shit that's way better. You're like, damn, like, 
what the fuck have I been doing all this time? I know your dad was a preacher and stuff, and you did a lot of the church choir and performances. How that kind of influenced your performances or your persona or just, like, being in the spotlight? Oh, yeah. I'm super used to it because, yeah, my dad always did it. And then to see him be in front of everyone and through interactions with people in the congregation at the church, you know, they showed him a bunch of love and he was just, like, reciprocated so effortlessly. It was just so genuinely, too. And I just, you know, have that embedded in me as well, thanks to him. Since you see him kind of take in all this attention and you can see him kind of retain it, like retain that humility, I think that's hard sometimes for people to do. It's easy to let them go to their head and... Yeah, no, not I. <laughs> I guess, um, what are some kind of, uh, different things you're focusing on in this album, or, like, whether subject-wise or sonically? Uh, Harlan and Alonzo, I don't know. We kind of just went into it and started making songs, and then, like, the tightest songs kind of just stayed up on the board and kind of, like, structured itself out and moved some shit around a bunch of times. And it kind of just came along the way. I didn't go in with a set goal, like, this is what I'm trying to make my album about. kind of just wanted to make the music. And I think we're doing the same kind of format for this next one. We're just going to get a super team of producers and create a vibe and start cooking up, you know? When you go into the album, you don't really think about the vibe. You just kind of see what happens. What would you yeah, call like to set it up to where... Everyone's comfortable and having fun and has everything they need. Nobody's really worried or thinking about anything other than the music that we're making. I feel like that's when the best, most organic stuff comes out. Like, me and my friends, when we create, we literally hang out first, you know, have full conversations about current events that's going on in everyone's life. And then, like, as soon as you start, they start touching the inner instruments and I start, like, you know, freestyling or whatever, something will come out and stick, and then we'll just, like, say that to one. Literally throwing paint on canvas. If you had to pinpoint a vibe for your album that just came out, what would you kind of say, like, it's about or, like, how it feels or what kind of came out of that experience? I just really wanted to put myself and my own personality on the record, you know what I mean? Kind of give everybody who doesn't know me and never met me a sense of who I am based off the music that they listen to. That's why I put my family on there because, you know, we're a representation of one another, you know what I mean? Like, those are the people who raised me, like my real day ones, like none of these homies or like friends who I met along the way. It's just been always my family first, you know, like the youngest of like three. So like I feel like they just really you know, super sheltered and try to keep me out all the gang bang and stuff. Writing and stuff to kind of because you've been not so much sheltered from that, but they kind of protected you from getting super involved. That it kind of just allowed you to observe everyone around you. Yeah, kind of more so like you know, just kind of gave me a whole another perspective 
earlier on, just like being involved in different things. Like it's so easy to stay in Compton and then do all this Compton stuff and not go to no other city or only go to another city to fuck some shit up and then go back to Compton. Like, you know what I mean? Like the mentality of it is ridiculous. So like, just like to have a, a different mindset earlier on, I feel like that's what my parents had blessed me with by just like putting me in activities outside of the city. What are some of your favorite times, like, growing up and from your childhood? In Compton or in general? Um, in Compton or in general. Well, in Compton, we, we had a daycare, so that was super fun. Like, my parents had a daycare. We gutted the garage and made it a daycare, and we would, like, take care of other people's kids. There's all the kids around. It was super fun. And then after a while, like, as I got older, like, I started working the daycare. I got a check. My parents would pay me money. So it was, like, kind of my allowance. I would help with, like, the smaller children. And then once the daycare was over, like, it became my room. Like, me and my sister had fun beds that detached. I must have detached them so quick and set up my own bed where the daycare used to be. And then I had my own room. That was crazy after that. Super fun. (laughs) So I know you've been kind of doing this for a while now, um, like about a decade. How has kind of like the industry changed and hip-hop in general kind of changed since you've been in it? Well, social media is the motherfucker, ain't it? You know? It's mm-hmm. like brings everybody together and tears everybody apart all at once. Like, so I feel like the, just like the internet has a bigger, more, more power in the industry right now, you know? Everybody has a fucking friend with, like, you know, damn app or something or a website. And I feel like that's the most I think should change, like, you know what I mean? I think, I guess something that I noticed that I've noticed you've kind of taken hold of is um, kind of the culture of the mixtape, especially, like, the past few years. One of your earlier albums, The Idle Times, what kind of made you to decide to take all this music that you've recorded and just release it on your own? And kind of how did labels respond to you doing that? Well, at the time, I wasn't wasn't aware of how all that stuff worked, you know? My manager at the time didn't, like, explain the industry to me in detail to where I had an understanding of, like, everything. So when I released that, I just kind of wanted people to hear it, you know? And, like, I had all the music. It was so easy to just post it and put it out. But it was a big lesson that I learned because, like, all that music kind of just kind of set up on the Internet, you know? I didn't shoot any music videos or plan a tour around it or get the most out of none of that. You know, I had a bunch of rail beats and a bunch of crazy features and like the kind of just was like didn't really do anything you know going moving forward like I really had to take some time apart to like really understand that we're not just making music for people to listen to I mean we are but like I'm trying to get paid you know I'm trying to travel the world and like really like change the life for myself and my family it was kind of an awareness thing. I was unaware that, you know, like, that was not an okay thing to do. Like, it was just like, okay, everybody else busy. I'm not busy. I'm going to just post this, you know? <laughs> so it wasn't intentionally rebellious. 
I mean, yeah, it was, but like I didn't understand. It was like a, a, I had less understanding of like how important it is to get the most out of like a project like that. You know what I'm saying? Like anything I release. What did you kind of learn to do differently after that? Uh, make the music and then plan a, a tour, shoot some videos. True. You kind of just like putting it all out there. Yeah. Yeah. Get people excited about it. Like create uh, mm-hmm. some kind of demand before we release it so like we can like sell out and go number one. <laughs> True. Yeah. So method to That's the madness. He's in the record and like getting people excited and then like, you know, dropping a little snippet of the video, getting people excited and like starting like a damn hashtag or everything. You know, like what? There's just so many ways to go about it. At the time, I just wanted to put the shit out. But uh, I didn't do that shit no more after that. <laughs> yeah, it seems like your videos are pretty cool and like dreamy and stuff like that. How much of a role do you kind of have in like shaping the vision of those? I just hang out with the coolest people in the world, and they got the greatest ideas. So I trust my friends, you know. I feel like if you really work with people who love you, like, it's all going to work out. Like, I, everybody who's ever shot a music for me is, like, a really good friend of mine. Like, we hung out and talked about things that would look tight. It's uh, definitely collaborative effort. It's not just all me. If Buddy taught me anything in this interview, it's to surround yourself with the people that love you always. Keep home close to your heart at all times and stay humble. Father calling me like son, we hardly see you at all. Yeah, I know you out here shining, but you can't do it all by yourself. Thank you for tuning in for the first podcast for Popskier. To catch up on future episodes of Podskier and all our other great content from videos, artist interviews, in-depth articles, and more, visit popskiermedia.com and follow us on all socials at Popskier. Special thanks to Buddy for being our first interviewee and to Andy Briggs for helping me with the audio. Thanks and catch you next time.